0: Knack, knack. Who's there? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not share that with you. Hey, no sweat. Come on in. Make yourself at home and take anything you want. Wait, you wouldn't let a stranger in your house. Why would you let anonymous traffic scrape your website? Introducing IP Info's Privacy Detection API. A fast and simple way to detect malicious traffic. Activate your free trial today at ipinfo.io and don't forget to use the promo code CODESTORY at checkout.
1: We always have to do things to to kind of unlock customers' usage of the scale. But when the product has already run, what, the third, fourth largest website on planet Earth, scale's kind of in the bag. We're actually scaling down at this point. We're trying to scale down tech that has run at the most extreme scale and make sure that everyone can use it. We bring it into the hands of of everybody, which is kind of a different challenge. Other database companies when they take on their biggest customers, it's a real risk. They really have to make sure they can manage that scale. We kind of have the opposite, We're just like, well, as long as you stay smaller scale than YouTube.com, I think we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Sam Lambert, CEO of Scale.
0: This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laporte, and today, how Sam Lambert took an incredible set of tools and built the world's most advanced serverless MySQL platform. All this and more on Code Story. Sam Lambert is originally from the UK and has lived quite a few places during his life. He went to school in India, but now resides in San Francisco. He finds software to be a creative, playful process, and sees people trying to build that away from the process. He feels very lucky to be building something that provides fruit and solves problems. Outside of tech, he's married with a four-year-old and is into cooking and art. I asked about NFTs, giving his tech background, but he's not super into that form of art at this time. Sam spent time working at GitHub as a VP of Engineering, specifically focusing on infrastructure. He and his team came across Vitesse, the backend that ran YouTube, and he took this amazing framework into his current venture to remix their approach of design and scalability. This is the creation story of PlanetScale.
1: ClientScale is a cloud-hosted database platform. We host major, major websites and workloads on our platform. We are known for being able to take databases and the applications that run on those databases to extreme scale. So our back-end is Technological Vitesse, which was developed at YouTube. They were running it till about two and a half billion monthly active users running on tens of thousands of servers. So huge scale. And then the project kind of spun out of Google, picked up by Slack, Yelp, all of these, just so many great tech companies started running on Vitesse and contributing to Vitesse. And Slack blogged about it. Etsy had a blog series come out this week about their use of Vitesse and then we started using it at github and i was at, i was at github i was a, one of the vps of engineering at github and I, you know specifically i focused on infrastructure and i was also the first database engineer to ever join github and i spent a long time nearly 15 years now in, in in databases we came across for tests it did exactly what it was supposed to do incredible technology and then i eventually found my way to planetscale and and you know we kind of took a bunch of the folks came from from github alongside me and we rebuilt the kind of the cloud product to really remix and mix the DNA of this incredibly scalable backend database and the presentation form, function, and style of of kind of GitHub or at least GitHub's design philosophy and how we build for developers. So this team that's here, you know, we built a platform that has 100 million developers on it, something that has never been done before, and we're applying that to running a database. So you know, going back to what the product does, I mean, it's kind of the best database you could. Pick on day one of your company, and it is proven and does run the back end of many public companies. And so, there's not really a data other database out there that kind of claim or can claim to be exciting and innovative and work for developers at, at any scale. And, and that's really what we're about.
0: Let's dive into the MVP then. So, this will be interesting to see where this started. How long did it take you to build, and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Now, I hear you talking about Vitesse, but Give me a little more there.
1: So we had for test runs on Kubernetes, is extremely mature. So that was a really good starting point. The MVP for the cloud product that, you know, many, many thousands of people use now, we actually went from first line of code to out in beta was less than six months. And we did that not only by picking tools that were familiar to us, but also taking a development philosophy and the way we developed was extremely iterative. We would have a demo of what we were doing every Friday. Monday, we would pick what we were doing next, and then we would demo it again on Friday. And we just had this quick cadence of ship, learn, ship, learn, ship, learn. And we still do the same. We deploy and ship many, many times a day and get changes and great things out in front of our users constantly. That was an overhang from kind of us all being used to working at GitHub's culture, which was kind of sometimes mm-hmm. hundreds of deploys a day, and so the kind of tools we use. Well, Ruby, you know, the stack is is Ruby on Rails for kind of the API that powers the web front end. The web front end is a Next.js app, and then in the back end is a lot of Go. Vitesse is one of the oldest Go applications in the world, or you know, is still going. And having those kind of separations and, and layers means that we can iterate in just different parts of the stack and move really, really quickly.
0: Okay, let's stick on the MVP for a second. So when you're building any MVP, you got to make certain decisions and trade-offs, right? And probably around tooling that you chose, there were some decisions and trade-offs or you know, limiting how you approached the first problem. Tell me a little bit about those and how you coped with those decisions.
1: Well, we thought really hard about what a database is there to do. One, it's there to obviously do the fundamentals, store your data, give you access to your data, be available, be scalable. Vitesse has handled all of that. That you know, Vitesse makes it seem easy, it's not, but, but does do that. When it came to the MVP of the whole cloud product, one of our first key insights is like, when someone signs up to a cloud product, they have an idea in their head. They have a thing you're in the way of them building the next stripe or whatever. You know, they've got this incredible idea in their head they want to get going. I went and I looked at a load of other database platforms and I looked at how long it takes to get a database. And one of the kind of formerly hot kind of database companies at the time was like 24 minutes. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I mean, I would have forgotten what my idea is by 24 minutes. So the first thing we did was decide we we're gonna be the fastest place to deploy a database. We got it down to almost practically instant. And actually, Lee Rob from Bercel did this YouTube video very early in uh, our life as a company, benched, like measuring like 20 different database companies, like from sign up to getting a database. And we, we were fastest. We were number one. And that made me very, very proud. And that took trade offs, right? Like, you know, you have to do things. You have to have warm pools of machines ready. You have to deliberately care about that. And it was interesting to me that no other cloud database had cared about that before. And we were coming into the market focused on developers. And people think and people would say to us I care so much about like creating a database so quickly it was really telling that, that other companies don't do that and I think it's because they don't quite understand what developers are using their product for and so we really thought about this and thought about how developers would use the product and it kind of very much influenced how we how we did things in the early days
0: from that point you got your MVP how did you progress the product and mature it and I think to wrap that question in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is, how did you go about building your roadmap? What process did you follow or what sort of things did you include to decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build for Planet Scale?
1: We listen to customers. First of all, customers are so important. We listen to everyone that will give us feedback. Now, do we do everything people say? No. We have a very strong opinion. We take very strong opinions how databases should be operated, what they should do. And so we also just have our opinion. We have experience using databases, operating databases at scale. So we reflect we reflect a lot on what our users are looking for and what they need. And then we discuss it. We don't do the kind of big decentralized planning where everyone goes and gets their opinion. You know, we, we have a small group of people sit down and discuss at length the problems that we face and that our users face and really dial into what they need and then you, you do the classic thing with roadmaps. You, you look at what will move the needle the most and is easier. You look at what things are just gonna naturally take a very long time. Um, so you need to get going on those and what pieces unlock other pieces. And you kind of tease it together. And we don't build long roadmaps. There's a few things we're working on now that will probably be a year long. If you're building and releasing a database that runs a significant chunk, like chunk of the internet, you have to be very careful and deliberate about making those changes. So, we're working on those, but everything else of the kind of the surfaces, the area which is the team that, that is the name of the team that actually manages all the surfaces that humans interact with, those we iterate on quickly and we really build that quarter by quarter because I just don't believe you can build long roadmaps be right. We just take a very iterative approach, look at what's working, measure whether it worked, and then take the next iteration.
0: Okay, let's switch to team then. So how did you go about building your team? And, and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? Just looked to
1: everyone, all of the fantastic people I'd worked with in the past and kind of started trying to convince them one by one to join the company and then they knew people from other companies that came along. Our philosophy at PlanScale is that we want to have a very small team of incredible people. We have a very deliberate performance culture and that kind of creates this flywheel of just more and more great people trying to kind of bring each other and attract each other to the company. It's not an easy way to run a company always. Um, it takes diligence. It, t- it takes really thinking about what performance and being effective at a company is. But yeah, we build it by just looking for absolutely the best folks. I mean, there's some people at our company that are world leading in their field and it's great. It's a really easy way to do things as well when you just have to attract kind of amazing people to your company and give them lots of freedom and hard problems to solve. It kind of works from there.
0: Okay, this will be fun to ask, given, given the nature of your product and the description of the tools you're already using, but I'm going to ask it a little bit blindly and let you just run. Did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or are you fighting this as you grow in any capacity?
1: We always have to do things to, to kind of unlock customers' usage of the scale. But when the product has already run, what, the third, fourth largest website on planet Earth, scale's kind of in the bag. We're actually scaling down from, at this point. We're trying to scale down tech that is has run at the most extreme scale and make sure that everyone can use it. We bring it into the hands of, of everybody, which is a kind of a different challenge. Other database companies, when they take on their biggest customers, it's a, it's a real risk. They really have to make sure they can manage that scale. We kind of have the opposite. We're like, well, as long as you kind of, sort of wryly say to customers, long as you stay smaller scale than youtube.com I think we've got you covered so yeah I mean we are about scale but working at any scale scale for anybody no matter where they are in their business life giving them a simple and smooth graduation path from having no users to having billions of users
0: you would be the first person uh, I've had on the show that have said we're actually trying to scale down from something that has already you know been built for for that that type of scale it's super cool interesting problem right absolutely Okay, so as you step out on the balcony, and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I
1: try not to be too proud. I think I'm most proud of the team. You know, we all find fault, faults and flaws. You look at the product, and you're like, oh, I liked that six months ago, and I'm annoyed at it. <laughs> it just happens, right? You have to keep moving forward. No one else is going to make your product better for you. So we do, I, try, I try not to be too proud. I think the most proud of the team. Just a, a really great set of people that are incredibly talented and very chill and funny and fun and well-spirited. And I love coming to work and working all, with all of these people, so I think probably the team. And then next is like open, opening up multiple apps that are in the like top 50 of the App Store that I have on my phone and use like almost daily. And knowing that the back end is PlanetScale on our cloud makes me also very, very happy. It's just this incredible thing to know that your product is just working and having impact and and getting people excited.
0: Well, let's flip the script a little bit. So tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it.
1: In the early versions of the product, and we still haven't fully corrected this I think we made some things a bit too magic. That sounds a bit kind of self-congratulatory. It's really not. Magic is not really something you should try and convey, especially in an infrastructure product. But I think we hid a bit too much of what's going on underlying, right? we, We have this almost just very extremely clean, like you don't even see the word server in our UI, right? Even though you can provision, like there's people running it with like thousands of them behind it or whatever, right? I think we made it very, very simple. Sometimes that gives people a sense that there's not this heft to the product, right? Like, you know, it's kind of, you go in a Tesla and it's a little bit too empty for me. It just doesn't, feels too stark. And I think we we oversimplified some of the product and now we're kind of trying to really thoughtfully add some more of surfacing what's going on under the hood and making it not scary, not something they even have to care about, but something that they're aware of that we're doing things for them rather than it just being this kind of magic box that kind of just scales and expands i think we need to show people a little bit more of what's going on, with the, on under the hood so we're not we're not we haven't solved that fully yet but it's something we're we're kind of working on right now that's kind of one of the top of mind things with the product
0: okay this will be fun so what does the future look like for the product and for your team
1: I mean, first of all, it's really exciting. Like we're having, we're enjoying ourselves, right? We're kind of onboarding customers. We're building a product that people like. Right now, you know, we're migrating two of the top 200 websites over to PlanScale onto our cloud platform. So that's like a, that's a lot of work, but it's it's good work. We know the technology will work for the customer. So that's one thing that's very kind of very exciting. Really like the future is keep helping customers win, make them successful. Keep building a product that people love. Don't overdo it, don't crowd the product. Get it just right. Keep dialing in, keep talking to customers. We've got some more revolutionary products that are coming. We've just shipped Plan Scale Boost. That's getting ready to go GA and get into more and more people's hands. And so that's another kind of exciting evolution and starts to really speak to the power of our backend tech. And we're gonna just keep building and hopefully keep delighting users with, with some sort of very special pieces of new technology that people haven't seen before.
0: Okay, let's switch to you, Sam. Who influences the way that you work? You know, name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why.
1: A lot of different people I look up to. I tend to take influence, not from any one individual, because we're all different. We're all good at certain things. We're all deeply flawed in some ways. For me, it's a kind of, I take inspiration from achievement that, that groups of people have made. And products that people have built or things that are exciting or things that are, are compelling... So yeah, I don't really look to being like one, like any one type of person. I kind of just want to build great things, like others have built great things. You know, Apple products, for example, is a bit cliche, but Apple products are something that kind of kicked off my love of computers. The bicycle for the mind, the, these incredible devices that can be presented so evocatively and so beautifully and cleanly. I take inspiration now i take inspiration how you can take deep technology like lidar hard technologies and embed them in a phone so that people can unlock it just by looking at it right and, and then this technology is hidden behind behind a single quite hard to break glass screen so this kind of engineering that presents deep and complicated engineering so beautifully and simply and powerfully and impacting so many people so it's like kind of products and and things like that have changed people's lives and that, that are the result of humans and different types of humans collaborating in unison to build really really inspires me
0: okay so we we talked about a mistake earlier but a little bit different spin if you could go back to the beginning what would you do different or where would you consider taking a different approach doesn't have to be a mistake could be could have worked really well but you tweak it a little
1: At first, we kind of hid a little bit that we were a MySQL database, not too much. We didn't exactly push it forward. There's just a massive amount of MySQL databases out there in the world that need modernization and need a modern platform. So I think we would have gone out a bit more boldly about being that. We went very serverless, very much just being planet scale the database, not really talking about that we are the best way to kind of scale MySQL databases. Yeah, I think we would have done that potentially differently. I don't know though, it could have been a different history. But there's like a lot of other data, you know, Postgres community, Postgres databases, or whatever, kind of are out there and, and apparently quite cool. And so, yeah, I think we were a little bit, maybe embarrassed, but now, now absolutely not. I mean, we're, we're very proud of the way we've built our technologies and what it's doing for people, and the fact that we're moving lots from other databases over to the platform. Really happy with that. Maybe wouldn't have, maybe would have done that differently, but not. it's not clear. I very rarely regret anything. I think it is a quite useless emotion. I mean, you learn your, you should just learn your lessons very quickly and move on. That's all you know. And you should break decisions down into as smaller chunks as you need and then just treat it almost like a shotgun blast. If it goes in the right direction, you'll hit it right and you'll get it done. People who lump together giant decisions to be made will fail because no one is right all of the time. You have to be kind of directionally correct and then make lots of decisions very, very quickly and then no, no one big decision matters. It's about the small, undoable, or you know, decisions that can just change and move around. And so, like, yeah, that's how we do it: we do small iterations.
0: Well, last question, Sam. So you're getting on a plane, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it; they can't wait to show it off to the world. Can we show it off to you right there on the plane? What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? pick
1: good technologies. I know that sounds self-serving, but having scaled now a number of companies, picking bad technologies is way more consequential than people realize. I know people talk about just get it done, go early, ship, definitely. More important than that is getting something in users' hands. But now with the kind of new era of serverless and cloud, and the way things are, you can pick incredible technologies that will serve you for nearly the entire life of your company and you can pick them on day one. That's amazing to get that right. Because if you get it wrong and your competitor gets it right, it could be the difference between them winning and you failing. Constantly understand your users and if it's an early company, don't don't rush. The early stage when you have like a small group of users that you have constant contact with and you can iterate with, is the most in touch you'll ever be with your product use that time very wisely, enjoy it and be diligent and learn and really learn your audience because it's it's a lot hard to do in the, harder to do in the abstract. It's a really special time to like, be there doing it.
0: Fantastic advice. Well Sam, thank you for being on the show today and thank you for telling the creation story of Planet Scale.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been really awesome to be here.
0: And this concludes another chapter of Coach Story.